Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hey there, thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Podcast. I am Toby Milden, and today I'm joined by Katharina Robotham. And Katharina works for Catalyst. And Catalyst is no stranger to this podcast because I actually interviewed Katharina's colleague, Tara Van Bommel, a while back about another report that they had produced. And today we're going to be talking to Katharina about another report that Catalyst has uh, produced, which is called Adapt or Fail, How Managers Can Enable Everyone to Thrive at Work. I highly recommend going on the Catalyst website and reading all of their great materials and great reports. So this is the second time that I'm sitting down with somebody from Catalyst and they've got so much to say and really interesting insights into the world of diversity and inclusion. So Katharina, it's lovely to see you. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me on, Toby. I'm excited to be here with you. Would you mind just introducing yourself a bit more about who you are, what you do, and a bit about your professional background? Sure. So I'm Dr. Katharina Arbotham, and I'm a director of research at Catalyst, which is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing women in the workplace. And so in my role at Catalyst, I lead research on workplace issues across gender, race, ethnicity, and culture. And I also work on research focused on the intersection of women and the future of work. And so before joining Catalyst, I received my PhD in psychology from the University of Michigan, Go Blue. And during that program, my research focused on um, understanding the experiences and consequences of workplace mistreatment for marginalized groups and also trying to understand what factors foster diversity and equity and inclusion in the workplace. Um, So during my time there, I was um, lucky to study topics like workplace sexual harassment, code switching, and how organizations communicate about diversity. So when I found Catalyst, um, I was so excited and I just feel so lucky that I get to use my passion um, for research and diversity and inclusion to help create actionable insights and evidence-based solutions that advance diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Brilliant. So today we're going to be talking about your report, Adapt or Fail. Why did you write the report with with Dr. Tara in the first place? Yeah, Tara and I wrote this report in 2022 when organizations were deciding how they were going to move forward after the COVID-19 pandemic. And so many organizations were considering and even mandating that their employees return to office and go back to business as usual after two years of working remotely. And we really wanted to push back on this idea that sticking to the status quo is what would define success during moments of turbulence and and change like we experienced during the pandemic. So with this report, we wanted to point to another way and raise awareness of adaptability as a critical future of work skill that enables people to adapt to change and facilitates their ability to continue learning new skills. Why is it important that managers are adaptable in this this new world and way of working? Yeah, so it's important because um, we, as we've seen, uh, the future of work is really marked by unprecedented change and disruption. So just in the last few years, uh, we've seen the changes with remote work and flexible work, 
generative AI shifting expectations from employees to include things like wanting employers to prioritize work-life balance and diversity and inclusion. And so managers who are adaptable and can shift with changing circumstances are going to be able to be better equipped to deal with these changes and create new solutions that address these novel challenges. So for example, in our research, we found that employees with adaptable managers were more likely to say that their organization's post-pandemic working plans support their own work and life needs. But also from the perspective of advancing diversity and inclusion in our research, we show that adaptability is an essential leadership skill for managing culturally diverse teams and it's really necessary for doing the change management work that's characteristic of, of DEI, like adopting and implementing changes in workplace culture, policy, and processes that help to make the organization a fairer and inclusive place. I mean, I can imagine that adaptability probably means different things to different managers. But when you wrote the report, what exactly did you mean by adaptability? What does that? What kind of different types of adaptability are there? Yeah, in the report, um, we define adaptability as the ability to effectively adjust to new circumstances in the workplace. And in our research, we uh, found that adaptability includes three different components. So the first component is cognitive flexibility. And this is about your ability to respond effectively to new information by changing the way you think or you approach the situation. So For example, um, if a team used to be in office and now the team is transitioning to remote work and working across multiple time zones, a manager can demonstrate cognitive flexibility by changing their approach to meetings and recognizing that maybe most of the team's work can be conducted asynchronously. The second type of adaptability that we looked at is ambiguity tolerance. So this is about um, your ability to see problems from several different perspectives and being able to accept ambiguity and uncertainty. A manager might take on a new task without having very much prior experience and uh, consider a range of creative ways to approach completing that task. That um, would be ambiguity tolerance. And then the third and final component of adaptability that we found with our research is an openness to change or the ability to really view change as an opportunity to learn, grow, and improve. So, for example, um, a manager might be new to managing a culturally diverse team, and if they view this experience as an opportunity to learn how to become a more inclusive manager, they're demonstrating an open an openness to change with that perspective. But I I really like how you've been able to kind of break adaptability down into those three core areas of cognitive flexibility, ambiguity, tolerance, and openness to change, and in your report. I know that you also talk about resiliency. So how does resiliency fit in with adaptability? Yeah, resiliency and adaptability are are related to each other, but they're not the same thing. So adaptability is about how you respond in the moment when you're faced with change. So do you adjust your behavior or thinking to meet the needs of the new situation? Or do you continue to stick with what you've always done? Resilience, on the other hand, is about uh, getting back up and trying again after being knocked down or facing some sort of adversity. So if we look at a manager um, who changes their management style as their team transitions from being in office to remote work, they're demonstrating adaptability. But 
let's say the manager gets feedback from their team um, that, you know, maybe some things could change. They're not doing that great of a job. They don't feel supported. The manager would demonstrate resilience if they persevere and they say, okay, let me try this again and take what I've learned and continue on here. So um, with this example, we can see how resilience and adaptability can occur in the same situation, but they're not the same thing. And through the people that you spoke to, to do your research, what are employees thinking about when it comes to the adaptability of their manager? And are you noticing any differences between different diversity demographics? So like with LGBT plus staff or disabled staff, for instance? Yeah. So in our report, uh, we're seeing that employees feel that their managers are doing a pretty poor job of being adaptable. So specifically, 69% of employees said that their managers are not adaptable. And we saw that this number was even higher among employees with disabilities, LGBTQ plus employees, and employees with caregiving responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And we also found that employees from marginalized racial and ethnic groups were more likely than white employees to report that their managers are not adaptable as well. And when I read the report, I think another thing that stood out for me was the the role of empathy. It's something that that was in your previous report as well, that the, the number one skill for an inclusive leader is really around empathy. So what is the role of empathy alongside adaptability? At Catalyst, we um, talk about empathy as a skill, and it's the skill of demonstrating demonstrating that you uh, understand, care, and and have concern for others. So um, we see empathy as complementing adaptability by helping managers ad- adjust to new circumstances and changes in a way that demonstrates understanding and care for employee needs. So empathy is providing really useful information that managers can take into account when they're adapting to new challenges with their team. And without empathy, managers might adapt to changes in a way that don't consider the needs and perspectives of their team. When I read your report, I was I was really pleased to see empathy being talked about because whenever we do inclusive leadership training, we work with a team of occupational psychologists in order to, to measure six inclusive leadership behaviors. And the, the the top behavior that we look for is empathy. So I was like, ah, it's brilliant that there's that connection between what you found in your research and what the occupational psychologists that we work are saying that inclusive leaders should be developing as well. And a really interesting statistic that jumped out at me when I read your report was that 72% of men thought that their managers were not adaptable compared to 69% overall. And I was expecting to see women saying that their managers were not being adaptable rather than than men, actually. So what, why is that the case? Yeah, we were a bit uh, surprised by this finding ourselves at first. But when we started to think about ideal worker norms and gender roles, it started to make a bit more sense. So uh, like you just said, a greater percentage of men reported that their managers are not adaptable. But also, um, and this was not only higher than what the overall sample reported, but also higher than what women reported. So men are experiencing uh, less adaptability from their managers. And we think this is because of something called the ideal worker norm that shapes expectations of how men should show up at work. So namely, this is that they should put work first and not let family obligations interfere. So that is what 
the ideal worker looks like or what the ideal worker expectations are. And so given these expectations, men may experience less adaptability from their managers in the form of resistance to uh, their use of remote and flexible working arrangements, especially if they're using them to accommodate caregiving responsibilities because that contradicts uh, masculine gender norms. And so we can see here that the lack of adaptability not only harms men, but it has these consequences that reinforce uh, gendered norms of caretaking and perpetuate that unequal burden um, expected from women in terms of caregiving as well. That's really interesting. And I, I really liked it in the report when you said that adaptability is empathy and action. And there were some really interesting numbers to kind of back this up, because you said that 2% of respondents reported withdrawal with an empathic and adaptable manager compared to 21% who didn't have a supportive manager. Can you tell me a bit more about why there was such a big gap? Yeah, this finding was uh, very interesting and it really points to the necessity of both empathy and adaptability for managers, which we highlight a lot in the report. So work withdrawal refers to employees being disengaged from their work or avoiding their work. So this looks like showing up late to work, taking long breaks, or, or putting little effort into tasks. And as you would expect, we found that when managers had, when employees, sorry, had managers who were both empathic and adaptable, employees experienced very low levels of work withdrawal. So they weren't avoiding their work as much. They were, they were more engaged in their work. And uh, you might expect then that employees with managers who were not empathetic and also were not adaptable would have the highest levels of work withdrawal, but this actually wasn't the case. The data showed that um, it was actually employees who whose managers had a mismatch. So they uh, were empathic, but they were not adaptable. Uh, employees who had managers with that typology actually reported the most work withdrawal. That's really interesting because so far we've talked about three skills here. So we've talked about empathy, resiliency, and adaptability. And it all sounds really positive for me. And I mean, there's certainly skills that I would like to have when I'm leading my team. But can it ever backfire for managers that, that have these skills? Yes, it can. I think we, we see that with the uh, finding on work withdrawal, that empathy can backfire when it's not also paired with adaptability. So we think this is because employees may interpret high amounts of empathy without adaptability as performative words of support without taking action to adjust policies, processes, or other work conditions. So employees are feeling like you're hearing me out and you're listening and uh, I feel like you're hearing my perspective and what I'm saying, but you're not actually taking action to um, help meet my needs in the workplace, help me get my work done. So if the person listening to us right now wants to go and empower managers in their organizations to become more adaptable, what should they do to help those managers? In the report, we recommend uh, four steps that managers can take to become adaptable. So as with everything, it starts with self-awareness. So um, taking some time to reflect on your ability to cope with change and it's okay if it's not great. Uh, we know from research that as humans, it's uh, we have a hard time coping with change. So really think about in moments of change and uncertainty, how have you coped? Are there ways that you can show up better? The second step that we recommend is trying to develop a growth mindset. 
So a growth mindset is um, the belief that your talents, abilities, and skills can be improved and developed. Your uh, intelligence and, and ability and skills are not fixed. And one way that you can try to develop a growth mindset is by uh, framing challenges and setbacks that come with change as learning opportunities to practice new skills and, and to help you grow. The third step we recommend is uh, creating a climate of psychological safety. And this is the shared belief that team members won't be punished for taking risks, expressing different viewpoints or making mistakes, and that these things are actually encouraged and a valuable part of the team dynamic. So one way that you can um, create a climate of psychological safety is by, as a manager, openly discussing your failures and mistakes with your team, uh, sharing what you've learned from these setbacks and how you adapted, and framing these challenges as opportunities for learning growth and innovation, and then also encouraging employees to share that as w- with you as well and share their different viewpoints and perspectives when you are thinking about the best way to proceed with a task. The last thing that we uh, recommend as well is stepping out of the role of the expert and lean into curiosity. So uh, when you you know put the pressure on yourself that you're supposed to know everything, it's hard to think of, of different ways to go about doing things or different ways you might adapt to the situation. So lean into your curiosity and and ask questions of the situation. Are there things that you're not considering that you might have uh, skipped over before? So really le- leaning into that curiosity is the last step that we have. That's really great. I mean, this is the Inclusive Growth Podcast. So I ask everybody this question. What does inclusive growth mean for you? I love this question, Toby. Um, I think inclusive growth to me means fully accepting all parts of yourself and approaching life with curiosity and humility and um, acceptance of of change. Excellent. Now, if the person listening to us right now wants to read your report and learn more about what we've talked about so far today, what should they do? They can go to catalyst.org and download the full report for themselves brilliant. Well, Katharina, thank you ever so much for joining me today. I love reading your reports from you and your colleagues. And uh, I can't wait to hear what your next research and report is going to be. And uh, no doubt we'll, we'll invite you back onto the podcast to talk about your next report. Thanks so much, Toby. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thanks for joining me. And, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Inclusive Growth Podcast with Katharina and myself. Um, hopefully you've taken away some really great new knowledge and understanding uh, about the importance of adaptability and empathy in your managers and maybe taking away some hints and tips on how you can support your managers on becoming more adaptable and empathic to support the performance of your teams in your organization. As always, if you need any support in developing inclusive leaders and developing high-performing inclusive teams, then please do reach out to me and my team. The best place to start is probably our website, which is www.milden.co.uk, and then we can continue the conversation from there. Um, Until next time, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Inclusive Growth Podcast, which will be coming up very soon. Until then, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.